Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now let the show begin. Hi, this is The Author Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. Before I introduce our guest, just a quick reminder that selected interviews are available in our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store, as well as on TV on the Roku channel and Amazon Fire TV. Our app name on all platforms is The Author Show. If you're looking for a book that outlines all kinds of strategies and techniques educators might employ to become more effective teachers, today's book, The Conscience Teacher, but written by Deborah Nichols Polis, is for you. Deborah joins us to share more about her book. Now, before I bring Deborah in, I do want to tell you that Deborah has ALS. She's had ALS since 2006. And her voice has been affected, but her message is just as strong as ever. So, Deborah, welcome to the author's show. Oh, thank you, Linda. It's really a pleasure for me to join you and your listeners today. Deborah, will you please give us a quick overview of The Conscious Teacher? Well, The Conscious Teacher is an up-close and personal look and how a truly conscious teacher can help all students reach their full potentials. In it, I describe how I get to know students by reading through each cumulative record file before the first day of school. I learn about any issues they have with learning, their family situation, and their report cards from earlier years. I memorize their names with their photos so that I welcome each one by name on the first day of school. This is such a powerful tool that tells each student that I think they're important. They get a look on their face that makes me think they're saying, oh my gosh, she already knows me. I organize a seating chart that puts students who need help next to students who can help them. I put students with behavior issues near the front of the class next to well-behaved students who can buffer them. Students create a behavior management system with consequences if standards are not met, and they sign it. I set up a silent signal so that when a student misbehaves, they take a time out outside the classroom coming back in when they're in control of their behavior. In this way, I don't reward bad behavior with attention. I teach students the five-finger rule so they can choose books at their reading level. The whole class operates as a team, and I treat all students 
with dignity and respect, no matter what. All of these are just a few of the steps that I take to creating a classroom that works for every child. Oh, and I meant to say that when you don't reward bad behavior with attention, that's the only way to extinguish bad behavior. So it's really important. Deborah, why did you feel like you needed to write your book? Well, in 2014, I was reading my autobiography in my memoir group about my struggles with reading and math throughout elementary school and how that influenced my teaching. They stopped me and said, Debbie, these ideas are too important for parents not to learn now. You need to write a book before it's too late. I was excited, but their saying before it's too late gave me pause. I realized they were right. I'd been diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, in 2006. It usually progresses rapidly, taking your life within just a few years. This was 2014, eight years after my diagnosis. So I'd already beaten the odds, and time was of the essence. I stopped right then to write the book. Wow, Deb, that is just phenomenal. So I just have to ask, how do you maintain your very positive outlook on life? Well, my husband and I flew back to Columbia Med Center in New York to get a second diagnosis when I got the first primary lateral sclerosis diagnosis that takes the ability to use all the voluntary motor neurons. So I knew I was going to not be able to walk within a few years. And I said to my husband, I'm not going to worry about what I can't do. I'm only going to focus on what I can do. And that's what I've done. I've kept a very positive outlook. Debbie, that is absolutely phenomenal. I am just astounded at how you're able to keep going with this challenge that you have. But now I want to know, is there a specific type of reader you had in mind when you wrote The Conscience Teacher? It was primarily written for teachers, but in this time of COVID-19, it will appeal to parents managing their kids at home. It's subtitled, What All Teachers and Engaged Parents Need to Know to Be More Effective. Almost every chapter has notes for parents. And it also may appeal to others interested in one's personal life to teaching. I taught grades first through sixth for 27 years. 
most of my experience was with intermediate grades, including eight years teaching a gifted class. Wow. So tell me, how do you describe your writing style? Well, it's just very accessible, conversational. It's almost equal parts memoir and how-to. So it's very different from any teacher manual. What are the most important elements in your book? That would be what I call first things first. It's at the very beginning, and those are so important to set the stage for effective learning. I already mentioned the importance of truly knowing each child. Then I meet each one at his or her level so that I can nurture learning. Students working below grade level must be met at their level in order to pull them up. And students who do above grade level work must be pushed to achieve at their level so they become comfortable with being challenged. How long did it take you to write the book? Was the writing process difficult for you? No, it wasn't difficult at all. It took about a year to write the first draft. Then it took about three years to add, rewrite, and edit. Once I had a publisher, I had to wait for changes to be made in the manuscript. So it all just came from my memories. So it wasn't like I had to do any research. (laughs) Well, that certainly made it a whole lot easier. So what would you like your readers to take away from The Conscious Teacher? I think they need to understand that it's a system that gets results. Year after year, students came back to tell me how much being in my class prepared them for later grades, college, and even their careers. They said it meant so much that I truly cared about them. Whether students came in working below grade level or just coasting as much more capable students did, it's so important to meet each student at his level and push or pull to become self-motivated and the engines of their own learning. Readers will learn the importance of putting kids in charge of their own learning. They need to be as autonomous as possible. You always need to stay calm I want to share a special memory. One of my most exciting things with my fourth graders was to perform Shakespeare plays. In different years, they did Hamlet, Macbeth, Julius Caesar, A Midsummer Night's Dream, and King Lear. I describe in detail how we did this. They amazed me, but more importantly, 
they amaze themselves. <laughs> oh my gosh, I just can't imagine trying to teach fourth graders how to do Shakespeare plays. That had to be an extremely challenging project. So I would like to ask for you to read a short excerpt from The Conscious Teacher for our listeners. Okay, well, here's a part that is about my own struggle. Um, as an elementary student, I struggled to learn to read. I started first grade in San Diego, where my dad was a chemistry professor at San Diego State. The teacher had just begun to teach reading when we moved to Oak Ridge, Tennessee, where my dad was going to work on the Manhattan Project. I entered that class as a stranger. In the reading group my first day, I was sitting on the floor in a line like birds on a wire. The big red storybook was propped on an easel in front of us. I was near the end of the line, but eventually it was my turn. I got up to a good start, stumbled, then completely fell apart. The teacher went on to the last student on my left, and the group returned to our desk. I sat at my desk, book in hand, feeling exposed as stupid in front of all these potential new friends. And the routine continued every day like torture. I had memorized certain words like Dick, Jane, Red Wagon, White House, and I added to this vocabulary in reading lessons or as I listened to others read. But there were always words that I that didn't paint a picture that I couldn't remember. I was asked to sound it out till I thought it would scream, but I was never taught how to do it. So I eventually adopted an avoidance strategy, only putting out effort when I was reading in the reading group, being asked to read aloud. My parents evidently thought I was just being lazy. One of my dad's colleagues at San Diego State in the psychology department had needed five-year-old guinea pigs to test on the Stanford Binet Intelligence Test. I had been volunteered and had tested in the gifted range. Wow. Deborah, I'm going to stop you there because it sounds to me like you're getting really tired. I am starting to get tired. Deborah, where can we purchase The Conscious Teacher? It's available on all the regular online retailers. 
We've been talking with Deborah Nichols Paulus, author of The Conscious Teacher. Deborah, I want to thank you for sharing your book with us today and thank you so much for writing it. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to want to read it, and those listeners will include both teachers and parents. Thank you so much. It's been a thrill for me. The Conscience Teacher should be required reading for all students preparing to be teachers and distributed to all first-year teachers before that momentous first day of school. Well, that was a review for Deborah's book, and I believe it is also especially important for parents who are now or who are planning to homeschool their own children. So for all of you who are professional teachers or parents who are also their kids' teachers, please order your copy of The Conscious Teacher today and start reading. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with our author. And remember, the author show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on major platforms such as Amazon Fire TV, the Roku Channel, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, and many more. Whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books, theauthorshow.com is a really great place to start. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. Theauthorsshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.